All right, we are live. Welcome, everybody. Um, if you don't know what's going on, this is the Instant Insights live show, the show where we answer your questions live. <laughs> I am Joe G, the podcast producer for Astrology Hub. If you haven't seen me, me around, I'm also an Astrologer Connect astrologer with these lovely ladies over here. Today with me, I have Taylor Schuler, Sheridan Sample, and we're tackling your questions about timing and career. So I saw that last week, you guys sent tons and tons of questions about career, and I knew that you guys would be super excited for today. So today we're actually get to answer all of these. And if you missed last week's episode, actually, we started doing a thing called the featured questions where you actually get to send us a video or an audio of you asking your question in person so we can send it to the astrologer and they have a little bit more time to, to prepare for the question. So we have two of these special ones set aside. And if you want to do that, send one question for next week's or the next episode, all you have to do is just go to the link at the bottom. It's astrologyhub.com forward slash insight. And if you want to be notified whenever we are live again, you go to astrologyhub.com forward slash AC live. And you're going to get a little text so you know they're about to go live. And just a few more guidelines for anyone sending questions. For all of these questions, we need one, your question, of course. And two, we'll need your birth time, uh, your birth location, and your birth date, of course. And with that, I think that we're good with introductions. <laughs> um, actually, I think for people who might not, um, might not have hang out, hung out with Sheridan or Taylor, Maybe it's time for a, a personal introduction. Do you want to tell the audience a little bit about yourself, Sheridan? Sure. Yeah. So I am a trained shamanic astrologer is my background. And I'm also a spiritual aromatherapist. So I came into astrology well, like as a kid with my mom was always really into astrology. And I grew up with her doing that. We're seeing astrologers all the time. But I came into being a professional astrologer as a holistic health practitioner, a nutritionist, and I had used aromatherapy in that avenue. And so I just brought that along with me because I'd always use it for spiritual reasons as well. So I love bringing like the earth, plant medicine, right, the sky, all of the like physical aspects of things into my astrology readings and helping us just connect more into our charts and the vibrations of the archetypes that are so big on our charts cool and what would you say are the types of clients that you usually get over astrologer connect like what kind of questions have they been they've been asking you a lot of soul purpose life purpose personal growth like what am i here for what am i doing you know those kinds of questions of like what is my soul path that's definitely one of my most favorite things to look at in the natal chart so a lot of those kind of questions cool all right. And if you guys want to book a reading with Sheridan, the link is astrologyhub.com forward slash Sheridan Connect. And you go straight to her page and you can book your reading. And Taylor, do you want to tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Thanks, Joe. So I'm so happy to be here, first of all, with you and with Sheridan. It's really exciting. I love doing this. So uh, I am an OPA, Organization for Professional Astrology Certified Astrologer. And I am on my way to get certified as a Venus Starpoint practitioner, which is super exciting. And I blend a number of different astrological traditions. 
And what I love to do is help folks with career uh, to live the life of their dreams, uh, aspiring entrepreneurs, people facing career transitions, changes, retirement, and current entrepreneurs and business leaders to optimize their business uh, in a way that helps them to thrive. Cool. What would you say is your favorite question about business that people ask you all the time on Astrology Connect? Oh, that's a good one. Um, you know, oddly, I, I think it's when people are searching for their joy, it's really about how can I do what I love and make it work? So really some of those like practical nuts and bolts, which you can't always do in a reading, but I love trying to help people figure that stuff out by looking at their chart and then bringing in my practical advice and saying, hey, have you thought about like passive income? And like, here's a couple strategies for you and stuff like that. So three. That's awesome. All right. And if you want to book a reading with Taylor, it's the same thing. Astrologyhub.com forward slash Taylor connect. All right. With that out of the way, I think we are ready to jump into our first featured question of the day. This one came from Heidi. And I would love to know if Heidi's on the audience right now. Please send us a comment. Say hi. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. But with that, Courtney, do you want to play the video with a question? Hi, my name is Heidi. And thank you for this opportunity. So I am a music teacher. I have been a music teacher for eight years. And I am looking to kind of shift gears and possibly go back to school and get my master's in marriage family therapy or in counseling. So there's just a couple of things holding me back. Like, am I able to do my teaching job and my master's at the same time? Like, I don't know if I would be able to handle that workload. Should I just stop teaching and go to school and like just have like some other type of job in the meantime? But I digress. So my questions are, number one, is there anything in my chart that has a strong pull towards therapy, counseling? Um, especially with families or with children or marriage. Two, if so, when would be a good time for me to move in that direction of switching those careers and going back to school? So, yeah. Thank you so much for this opportunity and bye. Right, okay. Sharon, the floor is yours. <laughs> yeah. So first off, right, you say, um, is there anything in your chart that is a strong pull towards counseling, therapy, families, children, marriage, all of that. And it's just a huge yes, 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 yes. Because first off the bat, your rising sign, your ascendant is cancer, which is what I call it's cardinal sign, but it's what I call serving others, serving the community. But in this really specific, like nurturing, um, providing nourishment for like holding sacred space, learning about and sharing unconditional love, all of that, right? So that's super in alignment with your ascendant, which for me is the life purpose point, right? The direction that we want to go towards is our ascendant. And so also all the angles of your chart. So your ascendant, you know, I don't know how much astrology you know, or for everybody watching, but your ascendant and your descendant and your midheaven and your IC, your home and roots, all the angles of your chart are in these cardinal serving others signs, right? So your midheaven, which is like the highest place that the planets reach during the day, 
is what we call your right livelihood, your right contribution. And that's in Aries. And so Aries is all about that holding space, holding sacred space, being the protector, kind of that warrior type of energy. And that's so much of what a therapist and a counselor does. The fact that you're talking about like with children or families, right? All of that is so much that Cancer and Aries place for me. So, you know, it's a hundred percent yes for me, for sure, of moving in that direction is totally in alignment with what I see in your chart. Then the second part of your question, what's a good timing for this switch? So there's so much to talk about, but it's like, we'll keep it shorter, but it's like, Yes, I would say starting after your birthday coming up at the end of this year would be a perfect time to start diving into this. So where you are in the idea of perfections, where we're moving through different houses on our chart every year, you've been in one that's very much about like transformation, kind of like getting really like intimate with yourself, eighth house, uh, going deeper, right? And then on your birthday, you come into the ninth house, which is about expansion, right? Expanding your knowledge, expanding your meaning and purpose, dropping more into your soul's path. So it's it's like perfect, perfect timing. And obviously to get a master's is going to take a little while. So then the next year is 10th house. So it's like career, livelihood, all of that, right? So I think it's perfect timing. You're also coming into a Venus return and you're in a Mars return. So these are big cycles that really help us step more firmly on our path. So with Mars, that actional piece of the divine masculine and Venus, the divine feminine. So it's like all of these things are getting a boost as you're moving into this later this summer. Some of it's already starting and then into your birthday and things changing. So, okay, a couple other things. So you're in a couple of cycles that are what we call underworld cycles. So you have Pluto squaring your moon and you have Chiron squaring your ascendant descendant. So generally speaking, those are cycles that are a lot about like transforming, healing, right? What kind of things help get you more onto more in alignment with your soul's path of what you came here to do. And so I think those are actually really good cycles to make those changes, right? So you're feeling that. It's kind of in alignment with that whole eighth house perfection thing I mentioned that you're going in this kind of deep dive, healing, wanting to shift things, things are wanting to transform. And what's coming to you intuitively is so in alignment with your soul's path. So I feel like those cycles also are really supporting this shift and change for you. Um Next year, you're going to be coming into like some nodal things are going on, which is always, again, helping us align more with our spiritual path, our soul path, what we're here to do. Saturn's going to be squaring your Mercury. So that's like um, a, a way I like to think of with Saturn is move towards what's flowing, let go of what's not, right? That Saturn is a very middle world, real world, real world planet perspective from the shamanic astrology paradigm. And so it's around Mercury. And so it's kind of like, do you want to keep doing what you've been doing? 
then stay doing that in a Saturn cycle. If you want to make changes and you want new things, then do that in a Saturn cycle because you want to set up those next years to come being in that new vein. And so it's around Mercury, which is like communication. I mean, your Venus, it's like the throat chakra. There's just like so much we could dive into. But I would say all of it is like, yes, yes, yes. And coming off of your birthday this year, I would say it's like all green light for sure. Yeah, I'm excited for you. <laughs> nice. And again, um, Heidi, if you're in the comments at all, if you're watching the replay or watching it right now, we'd love to hear from you to get some more insight into your situation. But it, it's it's totally interesting because I get a lot of uh, cancer rising clients, and I guess because I'm a cancer rising. <laughs> and we're all in the same sort of like vibe of like shifts and learning how to Saturn. It's, it's very interesting to watch it happen. Do you have any comments, Taylor? I don't know. I think that was great. Sweet. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to the next question. And this one came from Miranda. All right. I started a new job in April of this year. And I knew back in January that it was time to leave my old job. I was fed up with the stuck stagnant energy and I just kept getting the overwhelming feeling of it's time to go time to move on I ended up finding and applying for a job that seemed like a dream job almost as if it was too good to be true but it was actually with a very good standing company with a great reputation it was in my field of expertise that I've been in for over 10 years it was a significant pay increase, the opportunity to work from home full time, but still have a sense of community with my coworkers. And it just seemed like it was the best option. The, the learning curve has been very challenging. And every day I question if it was the right move to make. So there's been a lot of changes in my work life over the last few years, and I'm just wondering if this is this was the right move or something else will be coming along. Before we actually answer this question, I do want to preface this that we actually didn't get birth information for this person. So what Taylor will be doing is a, what's called a horror rereading, which is basically reading the chart of the moment an astrologer understands the question. So for those of you who might not know your birth date or your birth time, a horror astrologer is usually like a, a very good go-to because they don't need all of your birth information to answer some of your burning questions. So Taylor, with that, yeah, is yours. Thank you, Joe. And thank you for that great explanation of a horror. -y. So what I did was I pulled a chart for the moment that I understood the question for the location that I'm in right now. And so the chart has 22 degrees Virgo rising and the moon at six degrees of Aquarius in the fifth house. And I use Reggio Montanus as my um, as my system that I'm looking at the chart in. So my location is Tucson, Arizona. So if you want to configure the chart to follow along, feel free. I just wanted to give you those data points. Um, so a Virgo rising chart is telling me off the bat that this person has perspective and is also seeking perspective, which is what the question is. So there's some affirmation, confirmation there. But also with Virgo, this is someone who has really practical, tangible skills, is an expert, a subject matter expert, and is probably a great communicator in some 
fashion, some way, shape, or form. So Virgo, some of those careers could be related to writing and communication, nursing, teaching, being of service in general. So we also see the midheaven in Gemini. So that's another reason why I'm seeing this person is a really good communicator. So they're great at uh, communicating their question as well. Uh, and in that question, they said that this job is in their area of expertise. Now, Virgo and Gemini are both mutable signs. And so mutable signs, there's a couple things there. One is that they're changing, right? It's the end of a season. Things are changing. They're both ru ruled by Mercury. Um, they both are seeking perspective, right? So with Gemini, we might want to do two things. We might be of two minds, but it also suggests that maybe some changes are coming because there's a mutable sign here. We're moving into cardinal would be the next couple signs. That would be uh, Cancer and Libra would be the next cardinal signs where you're initiating something new. So what we're going to look at here in this chart is Mercury and the moon to understand the querent, the person who asked the question, and then understand a bit about their environment and what's going on. So in this chart, we have Mercury representing the querent because Mercury rules Virgo. And Mercury is at 24 degrees of Taurus in the ninth house. This is someone who's really educated, right? Um, in Taurus, it's an earth sign. This person has really practical skills. Uh, they're able to communicate in really clear and simple ways, and they have a high value, really, um, in the market. Uh, they have a high value to their employer. We also see the sun rejoicing in the ninth house. So um, just another significator that it, it's just a sort of a good sign here that we've got the sun there in the ninth house. The sun is at 16 Gemini. So again, not quite applying to the 10th house cusp like we'd really like to see. So that's just a little bit about that. We've got someone who's really practical skills, uh, really good at what they do, has a high value in the market. Can also see from looking at the moon at six degrees of Aquarius, that's going to be in the fifth house. And the fifth house is where we find pleasure and joy and play. But in Aquarius, it's a bit detached. It's a bit more objective. It's, it's able to say, you know, to kind of compartmentalize and see things clearly. But at the same time, with the moon in Aquarius, we can get an idea of not only the querent, but the type of environment. And so I wonder if this workplace that you're in is a place where independence is possible. I hear some of that in the fact that you're able to work from home. Um, but I wonder if you've, if you've found a way at this point in time to kind of make the job your own. Make it so that the job is working for you just as much or more than you're working for the job. I think that's the key in a number, um, for a number of reasons in this chart, not just this moon. The moon is going to apply to, um, it's separating from Jupiter, a square from Jupiter. So it's like, hey, I just got this amazing new opportunity, Jupiter, abundance, like blessings. It seems too good to be true, Jupiter. Um, and it's separating from that, which we can tell because you, you're in the job, you're in the job and you're separating from just starting the job to being in it. And it's now going to apply to an opposition with Mars. And so when the moon um, starts to make an aspect to Mars, it's going to be the next um, real aspect it makes. It'll, you know, hit seven degrees. And it's um, we wouldn't look at that aspect between Saturn and the moon because they're in signs that are next to each other. So we're going to look at 
um, more of a whole sign or geometric aspect, and that would be the opposition to Mars. And so what that says is a couple things. One is perhaps you are working in a culture where uh, risks can be taken. There is a lot of action happening, which is also, again, echoed by the fact that Uranus, the planet of changes and you know, things that are just changing all the time. It's unpredictable. Things are moving really quickly when it's in Taurus, which where Mercury is as well, wants to kind of slow down and take it easy and make it really simple. But also the, the sun, Mercury and Uranus there in the ninth house, it is about learning. Like this job is about learning. So combining the moon, all of these things about learning, the aspect to Mars, the ability to take risks, challenges are being offered to you. You know, it's someone who wants to move. Mars is in Leo. It's like wants to have fun, wants to have a good time, doesn't want to be tied to a desk. But there's also a sense of independence, like maybe everyone's looking out for themselves. And I heard you saying that, you know, you want to be around your coworkers. So I wonder if that's still the case. Like, are you still feeling that camaraderie at work that the moon in Aquarius wants to have, that communal community sense, sensibility? Because we see Saturn in the sixth house, which could represent your coworkers. And sometimes Saturn's a no. You know, it's like it's not happening or it needs more structure. And in Pisces, it's like kind of flighty. So I'm not sure if if you're needing to put more structure on something that's feeling really fluid, but you don't really have the ability to do that. So is there a way that you can make this job work for you? And I would say that the invitation for that, if it's not already coming from this, this reading, this conversation, it will come in four units of time. And I say that because the moon is at, or four and a half rather, the moon is at six degrees, five minutes of Aquarius in this chart, and Mars is at 10 degrees and 30 minutes. So that's a difference of four degrees and 25 minutes. That means that in four units of time, which I think in your case might be a fortnight. So the four units might actually be eight weeks just because of calculating some of the other things with the timing in, in April and January. I think your unit of time might be a fortnight, especially because Mercury signifies sort of like small periods of time. But Taurus is kind of slow. So it's Fortnite's kind of a good combination of like a small unit and a bigger unit, if that makes sense. So I wonder if in about eight weeks or some other unit of four in time, a fire is kind of lit underneath you and you are able to see the freedom and the opportunity that this job is giving you. Like, is there a dual nature to this job with Gemini on the midheaven where what you're learning can turn into something else? You can tell your story about work. You can tell your story about your journey. Um, you can teach others uh, because of it. Maybe you become a mentor or something like that. You get an opportunity to become a manager. Um, an advisor, a counselor at work, all of that ninth house energy is really speaking to that. And then if you did want to leave, I think that there is um, some testimony to that in the chart, again, because of the mutable signs on the angles that if you want to leave, you can. I don't think it's going to be immediate, but I would definitely go ahead and if, if, you're, if you want to start interviewing and see if the grass is greener, that Gemini Midheaven, I think it needs comparison to get the perspective that you really need. So know your value because you do have value in the market. Like I said, with Mercury and Taurus, you're very good at what you do and see if the grass is greener and then compare that. And then if, if and when, because I think you will get other offers, maybe even multiple Bring that to your employer and say, hey, this is what I need. This is what I was expecting. This is what I want. Can you match it? And if not, you can be prepared 
to walk away and move into something that really brings you joy. With that moon in the fifth house, I can see your joy, your creativity, things that allow you to be playful and feel free, have that sense of freedom, but also community at the same time are going to be really important to you. So keep it really simple. Lean into your values, you know, with that Mercury and Taurus, be in alignment with your values. And I think that everything will work out in your favor. So I wish you the best of luck. That's great advice. Thank you so much, Taylor. And Miranda, of course, if you are watching this now or you're watching this later, please leave a comment. We'd love to hear back from you how this develops and how helpful this was for you. All right. So before we go into the next chart, I saw a couple of questions that I think we can answer without looking at a chart so we can open the whole panel for everyone to talk about these. I think the first one I saw was from Katie Mills. And Katie Mills asks, I feel like Neptune has been interfering with potentials for upward movement and mobility in my work. Any advice in bypassing the fog and confusion? How do you guys work with Neptune and Neptune transits? Do you have any advice for Katie? Sure. So first, Katie, you and I have the same birthday. So love that. Happy birthday. <laughs> Yeah, so Neptune, a lot of times I feel like it's going to make us come into our power later, right? So it makes sense what you're saying and how to bypass the fog and confusion. So the gift, right? All the transits, all the cycles always have a gift for our, you know, evolutionary journey. And so for me, Neptune, the best way to do that is it's like the idea that fog descends and we can't see our hands in front of our face. And at first it's like, whoa, it feels scary. And there's that confusion. But Neptune's gift is always trying to help us find our internal compass, like go inside into our heart to like find and figure out where we are. And that's what I would say whenever, you know, I'm faced with the Neptune cycle, things like that with clients. It's like to go inside and find like, what is your truth? What is your own divine connection to yourself, your intuition, to spirit? And then the answers come from that place because we're not trying to look out through the fog and confusion anymore. We're going inside and finding it within our own strength and power. That would be my suggestion. Sweet. Thank you so much. Um, Taylor, do you have any thoughts on Neptune and working with the fog? You know, it's so interesting. It can be really challenging working with Neptune. I have a lot of clients come to me and Neptune's on their midheaven, especially when it's on their midheaven. And it's like, I know I need to do something different. I don't know what I want to do. Should I, you know, and they've got a whole list of things that they can do. And it's like, all that sounds great. Like, why not explore? Why not lean into the story? Why not dream? Why not do the thing? But if Neptune's like in the second house and the question comes in, I'm like, okay, but is the traveling going to be a huge thing, like a huge expense, you know, if, or if Neptune's aspecting the sun or something like that, watch your budget, right? You don't want to dream your way into something that you can't crawl out of. Um, but I think the invitation for Neptune, I like to say Neptune is real reality, which, <laughs> you know, Saturn is like this reality that we've constructed. And Neptune, um, I have a friend who she told me, and I don't know if this is like a popular thing or just my friend made this up, but it's like getting milk at the hardware store. Um, and I said, you know, I had to go to the emergency room for something and um, or I didn't really need to, but I, I did need to. Anyway, point is, I wanted them to treat me like 
not with surgery, with like like herbs and stuff like that. And she's like, that's not reality. Like, that's not what you go to the emergency room. They're not going to give you herbs. Like, they're going to cut you open. And I'm like, yeah, but my Neptune reality is like something in me said go there for help. And that's real reality is like, you know, what it should be. So lean into the shoulds, lean into the dreams, but also think about where Saturn in your chart now natally and how can you use that to make things really practical and bring it down to earth and and bring those dreams and make them real. Oh my God, that's so real. <laughs> Especially when you're talking about uh, Sun-Neptune aspects. I have a partile Sun-Neptune opposition to my chart. And the Sun is the ruler of my second house, which deals with money. And the dreams of having owning all the musical instruments in the world and uh, a whole wall full of synthesizers have definitely gotten me into some financial trouble. <laughs> oh, I love that. But that's such a beautiful way to use like a Pisces second house, especially as an astrologer. I mean, you're doing your chart. You're living your chart so beautifully. So keep dreaming. Sweet. I'll, I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So let's move on to the next chart. And this one came from Monica. And Monica asks, I have been a humanitarian worker for 23 years. I'm deeply yearning. I'm deeply yearning a change of career path, but I really don't know what. Any changes coming? Sheridan, do you want to take that one? Sure. So first, I love that I had to Google and look up Andorra to just even cast your chart. So thank you for turning me on to a country I was like not aware of. And then also, you know, you have an Aquarius rising. And so... I love that you've been doing this humanitarian work for 23 years because that's just so in alignment, right? And that's not to say that's what you have to keep doing, but definitely in that wheelhouse is way in alignment with your uh, life path, right? So I'll say you're in a couple of cycles when you're talking about changes coming, you're in your Chiron return right now. And so that's a really massive once in a lifetime cycle, unless we live to be a hundred or just over a hundred. So we probably will mostly only just get one. And it's this deep healing underworld cycle, right? So looking at the planets from that shamanic perspective of underworld, middle world, celestial world, the underworld is always gonna be deep feeling healing experiences, right? If Chiron is the wounded healer, then the Chiron return is this massive opportunity to heal the wounds that prevent us from walking our soul path as firmly as we possibly can, right? So, you know, I imagine, I'm guessing that part of this wanting things to change is coming from that Chiron return. So the first thing to do with that is to just keep feeling the feelings, doing that healing work, leaning into the emotions that come up, right? Feel the feels because that's what's going to inform what is coming next, right? So you want to let the healing process happen before you start making all those radical changes. So that's going to go until March of next year. So just keep letting the desires come and change the shifts, right, of what you're interested in. And then it can come on the other side. Then you move into your Saturn square Saturn that follows the Chiron return. That's the time to start taking the action, right? In the real world, Saturn, the real world planet, start taking the steps. That's when you take all that healing 
everything that's cleared away during this time period. And then you step into action around it. And that starts in April of next year. So I would say keep rolling with what is coming up for you, feeling the feels, and then let that inform the actions. But getting specific about like your midheaven and that kind of thing, which is that right livelihood that your midheavens in Sagittarius. So it's got to always have that like serving spirit. The mutable signs are serving spirit, something bigger than yourself, something that helps bring greater truth to the world, right? That exploratory nature. You know, we were talking about Neptune just a second ago, and Neptune sits right on your midheaven. So it's something that, you know, can take time for you to fully step into what is your right livelihood in the world. And because I cast whole sign house systems, it's in your 11th house. And so that's about that serving humanity, that community kind of thing. So it's like what you've been doing is really in alignment with it. So my guess is that it's going to be something that is just a shifting from what you're doing that's similar in another direction. And that's what I would have to say, Monica. Sweet. Um, Monica, if you're still here, please let us know in the comments. How much did that resonate? Do you feel like that's that's right? Do you feel like we could go in a different direction with this as well? We'd love to know. All right. So next question is for Taylor. And it came through from KF. And KF asks, I just had an abrupt job loss and no luck finding a new one. Uranus is in Taurus still. Any hope? <laughs> Taylor, what do you have to say? Is there a yeah. hope? <laughs> so I've got a 22 degree Scorpio rising, a sun in Libra and a moon in Virgo. And the midheaven is at five degrees of Virgo as well. And so I'm very sorry that you suddenly lost your job. That's really distressing. It's really stressful. And sometimes it's it's like too soon to say or to hear this, but I often say that when, you know, a door closes, right, kind of cheesy, but it's true. Sometimes we spend a lot of time looking at the door that's closed instead of the door that's opened. I can see a couple things in the chart that are suggesting that it's an invitation for you to step into something new, to step into something that you're meant for. Uh, one is that you just had your nodal return over the past year, right? So you have the south node natally in Scorpio and you've got, and we've got the south node there at three degrees of Scorpio, which is about to, uh, it's applying to your natal Mercury, which rules your midheaven. So what that means, it's one way to see this is it's a letting go of that public image that you used to have. Yes, you could see Uranus on an angle as a shakeup, like if it was a business partner or it felt like a partnership somehow that job for you um but i would probably see the south node the nodal return uh and the the south node applying to the ruler of the midheaven as a release and a letting go of that identity and an invitation to step into the new identity uh we've also got saturn has been uh on your ic as well and that's an indication of an ending and so Whenever there's an ending, it's also the beginning of something very new, which is echoed in your chart because uh, I like to look at the progressions and you have a you're in a progressed uh, crescent moon phase. So just like the moon gets full and we see a quarter moon or a new moon, the moon in our chart ages one year for every year or one day for every year of our life. So um 
when you were this many days as you are years old now, 30 uh, something, uh, the moon was crescent in relationship to the sun. And when we're in that progressed moon phase, things can rapidly fall away. It's sort of like keep our hands and our legs inside the boat. That's what Stormy always says, Stormy Grace says about this phase. And um, it's sort of like when you have that new moon, you have this opportunity to do something new to start a new 30-year cycle. And if, when, if and when we don't rest during the balsamic, then we have to rest during the new moon. And if we uh, are resting during the new moon, we're probably not starting something new. So then during the crescent phase, it's another invitation to start something new. Um, and so Saturn transiting, your IC, the bottom, the root of the chart. It's an ending of something, the South Node on Mercury. It's an ending of something. But I'm saying this not to say, uh, you know, there's no hope. No, not at all. There's a tremendous amount of hope. This is the birth of the next phase of your life, um, which I think is really, really exciting. And uh, there's two other things that I'd really love to mention. One of them is your Mars phase and the other is your Venus star point. So your Mars phase is Leo exploration. So we've got Mars and Leo right now. So really lean into that. Mars and Leo energy. It's in the ninth house, which is very Sagittarian, very adventurous. And the exploration space is adventurous. What this means is the way that you work, your style of work, your dharma in the world, your way of going about things is to experiment and to explore and to try new things. Okay. So I want you to get out there. I want you to try new things. Tell your story. What is it that you've been trying? Like, can you I feel like with the North Node in your sixth house, you're not afraid of work. And also with the South Node in your 12th house, like you hear voices or you might be psychic and you get these intuitions. Lean into this. I know you're not afraid of hard work. So what is the work that needs to be done? What's the experiment that you can be doing right now? And what is your gut telling you? What is the instinct there? And your Venus star point is actually an Aries, which is someone whose joy is about being a trailblazer. And for you, Aries rules your fifth house of joy and pleasure and creativity in children. So get really quiet, get really still. If you're someone who has in the past felt like there's not enough time, there's not enough, no, 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 I need more time. You got the time now, right? You have the time to do the thing, to experiment, to explore, to adventure, to really think about what you want the next like 25, 27 years of your life to look like. Come August, you're going to be moving into a progressed first quarter moon phase where things are really going to be picking up. So I feel like this summer is really the time, especially with Venus retrograde, to reassess your values, to really think about what's important to you. Uh, when we have that Mercury retrograde later this summer in Virgo, it's going to be in your 10th house and your midheaven. You could really get practical about this stuff. So think about what is the invitation of, of this time and this what is a silver lining? Because I do think even when it's very hard, in retrospect, we can see it as a gift in the moment. It feels really stressful, really challenging, really hard. So ask for the support that you need. Reach out. Let your needs be known. Don't keep it a secret. Scorpio rising. And, and just know that you have community there to support you in, in all that you do. Awesome. And KF, please let us know in the comments how that resonates. I, I'm actually super curious. Yeah. All right. So we're coming out of time. So I don't think we have time for like a, a full on chart reading here, but we got a few questions that I, I think we can answer without taking a look at the whole chart. And before I go into those, I also saw a few other questions that we're not answering today for a very good reason. And I'm going to show you which questions those were. So 
Aaron S. asks, I have Venus and Leo in the fourth house natally. What is this Venus retrograde all about for me? And then someone else had asked, um, Jamie Kennedy asked, Hi, I want to know what the Pluto retrograde means for me. I was born this day. The reason why we're not answering these today is that we got so many questions about those two specific transits that we're creating two episodes just to answer questions about Pluto and Saturn retrogrades and the Venus retrograde. So Pluto and Saturn is going to be this Friday, and it's going to be featuring Cameron Allen and Jamie McGee. And the Venus retrograde will be next Friday, and it will be featuring Jamie Goldstein and Nora Rochelle. So if you have your questions about either Venus retrograde or Saturn retrograde or the Pluto retrograde, please send them to astrologyhub.com forward slash insight. And we'll send it to the astrologers. They'll prepare. And then next this Friday and next Friday, we'll be answering all of them for you. All right. So with that out of the way, I saw this one question that came from Lana K. And Lana asks, 80% of my chart is retrograde. I would love to know if there is any hope for me. <laughs> How do you have any thoughts on planets in retrograde? Are they as bad as they, they sound sometimes? Or do they have some hidden gifts that people often overlook? Totally Taylor. hidden gifts, right? right? Like, uh, okay, so I'll just, I'll get personal for a second. My mom has, I, I don't know off the top of my head how many, but like looking at her chart, I'm just like, you're just all retrograde. And she's had an incredible life and has been wildly successful. And it makes you a really powerful person, right? Like what does retrograde mean? It means that the planets are closer to us. We feel their influence more strongly. We feel your power. We feel your influence more strongly. And yeah, you might have to reflect a little bit more. Other people might have to reflect a little bit more, right? Because you, you kind of bring something up for them. Like if it's Pluto, you know, you your power is just like really intense and and you can feel it and other people can feel it. But I think, you know, to give more context, I have to know, like, you know, what is what's the question about hope specifically? Um, but I would say absolutely there's hope for you and don't let anyone dull your shine. You're you're here for a reason. We need 100%. you. Oh, yeah. I love that. Sheridan, any thoughts on retrograde planets? Definitely agreed. You know, it's like this is your soul path that's laid out in your chart and your soul didn't get it wrong, right? That it didn't make a mistake. So there is no bad chart. And in my world, there really is no bad aspects. There's no bad like planets and certain signs. It's all it's your soul path. So it's for sure you can rock this because you came here to rock this. And so retrogrades are beautiful they get such a bad rap but you think about like what a retrograde is is just the planet is just coming to a standstill in the sky where we see it and then retracing the area it just came back across so for me if you're 80 percent of your chart is retrograde you're deep right you're a deep person that really can spend time in area in something really diving into it and like milking it and getting it for all that it's worth for you so yeah i'm with taylor you came here for a reason to shine like yeah you got this definitely 100 percent. and and even thinking about uh like venus right now like go outside and look at venus just close to the sunset venus is in leo right now about to go get ready to go retrograde and she's the most beautiful beautiful that she can ever be because she's so close to us she's so bright 
so beautiful. There's definitely a lot there to explore. Um, cool. I hope that answers your question, Lana, and let us know how that resonates. Oh, I, she actually did send something. I appreciate it. I needed to hear that today, especially. Thank you all. Oh, oh. Yay. That, that makes me so happy. <laughs> all right, guys. So we are at the end of today's episode. And again, if you have any questions, you can send them to astrologyhub.com forward slash insight. If you want a full reading with Sheridan, you can go to astrologyhub.com forward slash Sheridan Connect. If you want a full reading with Taylor, same thing, just Taylor Connect instead of Sheridan Connect. And if you want to explore all of the astrologers in, on Astrologer Connect, including myself, you just go to astrologyhub.com forward slash connect and you see everybody there. Um, and we actually have this fun function where uh, if you don't know who uh, you want a reading with, you can take a little quiz and it will match you with the best match for you, which is so cool to see. I also wanted to share some gratitude for both Sheridan and Taylor and read a few testimonials that came in through Astrologer Connect. And this is always my favorite part of the episode because you guys are so sweet. <laughs> you guys are really the best customers. Oh, my God. All right. So this one came in for Taylor. and. She says, my reading with Taylor was so amazing. I thought I had a good understanding of my own birth chart, but she introduced me to and educated me about placements and aspects that really made it come to life for me. She was great at focusing on how to help me grow professionally over this next year and making sure I stay true to my passions and emotional needs. The information and the feelings that I am taking away from Taylor's reading are invaluable. I couldn't more highly recommend her. How does that feel, Taylor? That's so sweet. It's like, right. you know, you talk to people and you don't know how it's going to land exactly. And then to hear that, it's just, you know, we hope to validate and affirm our clients. But that's so sweet. It feels so nice to hear that, that oh. it was helpful to someone. And cool. So this one came for Sheridan. So I was able to target my reading with Sheridan to get insight on exactly what I needed. We spoke of my Chiron and Pluto return as I evolve into my future self being okay with evolving, letting go, cutting off, and trusting in the process of evolution from my airy self to my Taurus self. Um, I am ready to relinquish and enjoy life after all these years of daunting responsibilities. Sheridan provided exactly the insight and direction I needed as I feel the polarized energies in my body told me it was okay to embrace. Thank you, and I'll let go and evolve in my next decade. Finally, starting to breathe, embrace, and enjoy life. So profound. <laughs> How does that feel, Sheridan? Oh, it feels so good to hear. It's so nice. Because just like Taylor said, it's like you connect with people, but you're not sure, like, how, you know, what happens afterwards. So it's nice to hear because... Um... Yeah, right. You just like let go, be free, like be you, right? That's that's like the best praise I could get from a reading is walking away from it. You be you and feeling empowered to be more of you. So yeah, thanks. I really appreciate that. Yes. Oh my God. Love it. <laughs> All right, guys. So I think this is it for today. Again, if you have any questions about the Pluto and Saturn retrogrades are just happening. We'll be answering all of them this Friday. So send your questions to shalichub.com forward slash insight. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. I'll see you guys. Bye-bye.
This podcast is presented by Astrology Hub. You can learn more and find all of our shows at astrologyhub.com slash podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and hit subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you can stay up to date on the latest episodes and help more people find the wisdom of astrology. Thank you for taking the time to do this now. Thank you for being a part of our community and for making astrology a part of your life.